I certainly don't want to teach anything wrong out of it, that's for sure. Nowhere in this Bible do I want to teach something that's wrong. Nowhere. But here in Revelation, let's read the first three verses. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must surely come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. When we talk about the word revelation, a lot of writers call it the apocalypse. But really the revelation is an unveiling. It's an unveiling. And it should be and can be understood by it was understood by the believers in John's day. It's been understood by believers through the ages. And so it should be understood and should be and can be understood by us if God enables us to. But let me give you three things to remember. Three things to remember. That the revelation here is the history of the world and the history of the church. And God's government, God's government in Christ from our Lord's first coming to His second coming and the final judgment. When we talk about history, the history of the world or the history of the church, talk about God's elect people, we can always say it's His story. It's His story. Well, everything that's ever happened in the, in the past... God's purpose, God's decree, God's will, everything in the future, it's God's government. It's His story. Even He's he done told the story. Told the story. And how He governs this world in His blessed Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has will and he will until the final judgment when the sheep are on the right and the goats are on the left. There's not going to be no intervening period. When Christ comes in the final judgment and men behold him in his glory, see him coming in power and great glory and clouds and ever eye, even the eye, those that pierced him shall see him. Then I tell you what, the judgment, I, I personally believe, the judgment won't, people act like the judgment's going to be this great big old long, long thing. Listen, the judgment's done here. Judgment's done here. You know, judgment begins at the house of God. When a person hears the gospel, there's a judgment. Every time you hear it, you make a judgment. And God makes a judgment. Those who believe on Christ, God has made the judgment that you're one of His elect. And you hear the gospel because you're one of His. And if He makes a judgment that He's going to give you ears that you ain't going to hear, and He's going to send you a strong delusion that you should believe a lie and be damned, judgment's done started right here. All He's got to do is just bring them all together and say, You go Yahweh, and you all go on with me. <laughs> That's, was, that's the way it's going to be. It ain't going to take a long time. It ain't going to take a long time. 
And here's the second thing we need to remember. What was going on in the day that this was recorded and revealed to John. Now these saints were suffering. Suffering greatly. I mean the church was hated and despised. And you can go through church history and and start and go back under the Caesars. They had emperor worship. And uh, you know, and they set themselves up to be God. And if you didn't worship them, they'd kill you. They'd kill you. Have somebody to kill you. And we remember just like in John the Baptist. They killed John the Baptist. Because they didn't like what he said. But in John's day, they were suffering. John was in exile. He was hated. And the church was hated. Christianity was hated. It was unlawful to be a Jew in, the, in Rome. If you was a Jew in Rome, they run everybody, every Jew, every, everybody who was a believer out of Rome. Made them all leave. Blamed them for any, anything that happened, they blamed it on believers. And you think that the world has changed? I mean, I'm just going to give you something. They'll let Walmart stay open. They'll let Lowe's stay open. They'll let all the grocery stores stay open. But one thing they don't want you to open up is that's the church. Unless you sit so far apart and wear a mask. Don't you dare go to church. There's people suing the government because they don't have the right to tell us where we can go worship or not. Now, I ain't going to sue the government over anything. I'm going to go worship. If I'm just got one or two or three, that's all we'll have. But we're going to go worship. Huh? Listen. <laughs> and, that's what, and, and, and I'll tell you what, it's no different today than it was then. Now, they just, they'd, they'd, they'd love to put churches out of business. They really would. And here's the third thing I want you to remember. The purpose of God and the scriptures is to make men wise unto salvation that's in Christ. That's what this blessed book's given. The whole thing is to make men, the purpose of God and the scriptures is to make men wise unto salvation which is in Christ. And the Bible, the Bible, whether it's from Genesis to Revelation, it's a spiritual book. It's a spiritual book. And it's a book, a spiritual book with a spiritual purpose. It's it's a spiritual book from Genesis to Revelation. And a carnal mind can't get it. They can't understand it. And this has a spiritual purpose. And what is that? To make men wise unto salvation which is in Christ. Uh, You know, before I go any further, look in in Romans chapter 15, verse 4. I just thought of this. I want you to see this. Romans 15 and verse 4. Talking about the Scriptures and what their purpose is. Romans chapter 5 and verse 4. 15 and chapter, chapter 15 and verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime. What was the Bible written for? What was the scriptures written for? Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. We need to learn. God wrote these things for us to learn. And that we through patience, waiting, just keep doing what we do, and patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. 
That's what God gave this book to teach us. And then as we learn more about it, we learn and we wait on God. We wait on God. And when we find that and we wait on God and what He's doing in our lives and what He's done in the history and what He's done in the history of our lives and in our future, we're going to have comfort and we're going to have edification. We're going to be built up. And let me, let me say this. If the revelation, if the revelation here that we're talking about, that don't say revelations, it's revelation one. One book. If it was a prophecy of predicted isolated events or some great person predicted you know they get down and say well this is going to happen at this time and this this what means going to happen at that time and this what it means going to happen at that time and this great person is going to rise up there and this great person is going to rise mean you wouldn't get anything out of that but if we start with Jesus Christ our Lord and understand that this book's about Him of His coming of His work and what He's doing for us and has done for us until He comes again then we get something out of this book I remember when Ronald Reagan became president I heard some fellows say you know his, his, his name is Ronald Wilson Reagan six letters in every one of his names and they said, oh my, he's a 666. He's the... <laughs> you've got to be... You've got to be... We talk about people being... Shirley and I talks about being dense. She talks about me being dense. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty dense sometimes. She said, I'm pretty dense. I told me on the way to church, you're pretty dense. i got to explain things to you. You know, she has to explain... She has to, she has to explain her jokes to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, but anyway, it would. <laughs> where are my words I have? <laughs> oh my! But you know, if it was, if it was like they said, Ronald Reagan, the six six six. Somebody comes up with that. It's pretty dense. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I'll get back where I was. And you know, the uh, God's people, God's people. We're looking for Christ wherever we go. We're looking for Christ. And I hope by God's grace that we'll see Christ all the way through this blessed book, our Lord Jesus Christ. But in another thing, if we see in this revelation the principles of God's government, God's government, and that government is always operating in this world, always operating. There's never a time that God's not governing this world. Never a moment that God is not governing things in this world. And if we understand and see the principles of God's government in this world operating at all times, if we can see that, we can see God's hand in history and His wonderful, wonderful, wonderful protection that He gives His people and preserves His people. And He's already and is giving us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we realize that, we'll be edified, we'll be built up, and we'll be comforted. And that's what I want for you and myself, is to be built up in the faith and to find comfort in our Lord Jesus Christ in the Scriptures. That's what I want for all of us.
Now let's look here at verse 1. Let me go down through here and say a few things. Here we go. The here we go. He said the the introduction of this is called the first. The first verse contains the title and the key to this book: the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now let me say, beloved, the whole Bible. The whole Bible is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Not just this last book. This is the last book in the Bible. This is the top stone. There ain't going to be nothing else written after this. This is it. But the whole Bible is a revelation of Jesus Christ. In the beginning, God created. God created. Who was created? By Him, by Christ, was all things made that are in heaven, that are in earth, and that are under the earth. So, oh, listen. And you go in Genesis 3.15, it's talked about the seed of the woman. Who's that seed of the woman he's talking about? And so I tell you, you know, this, this whole Bible, this whole blessed book is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And here is what it says, that's it. And it's an unveiling. It's an unveiling of the purpose of God for the history of this whole world and the history especially of his elect and especially the history of his elect and I tell you what in this revelation look what it says which God gave unto him huh? and I tell you beloved especially his elect and it's from God it's an unveiling and then it says there not only is it the revelation of Jesus Christ now listen to this which God gave unto him you know our Lord Jesus Christ God highly exalted him God exalted him God himself says that this is my beloved son and don't you listen to nobody else don't listen to Moses unless he's talking about me don't you listen to Abraham unless he's talking about me Don't you listen to anybody that's not talking about my son. And our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the way he is. He said, God gave unto him. You know what God gave unto Christ? Everything. Everything. I want you to keep keep a few verses. Look over in John. Keep Revelation here. Look with me over in John's Gospel, chapter 5. I want to go through here and show you a few things about, about what God gave unto Christ. But God gave everything. John 5.20 God gave unto Christ everything. And one thing that He gave Him is a name. It's a name that's above every name. It's the only name. It's the only name by which a person must be saved. If anybody's saved, it's going to be by Jesus Christ. Salvation, God gave it to Christ. Authority, God gave it to Christ. Power, God gave it to Christ. Grace, God gave it to Christ. Mercy, God gave it to Christ. Blessings, God gave them all into us in Christ. All the promises, He gave them to us in Christ. And I tell you what, that's, and I, I love to talk about that thing. I love to talk about it. But look here in John 5.20. Talk about what God gave the Son. For the Father loveth the Son... And showeth him all things that himself doeth. 
And he'll do greater works than these that you may marvel. Now look over here in chapter 7 and verse 16. Look what it says over here what our master said. Talking about what God gave unto him. Oh, they were said, how in the world does this man know anything? He went to no schools or nothing, having never learned letters. Our Lord answered them and says, my doctrine is not mine. Well, whose is it this? It's my father's that sent me. Huh? Same doctrine my father's got? That's what I got. <laughs> and then look at chapter 12, verse 49. I want you to see these things. John twelve forty nine. Look what our master said here, talking about what God gave unto him. The revelation that God gave unto him. Look what our master said. I've not spoken of myself. I've not. But my father sent me, which sent me. He gave me commandment. He commanded me what I should say and what I should speak. And what he's saying is that when you hear me, you hear what my father says. When I speak, I'm speaking what my father told me to say. And so if God put his word in Christ, and God gave the love of the Son and put everything in his hands, well, I'll tell you what, that's whose hands I want to be in. I won't be in his hands. And God highly exalted our mediator. And the scriptures tells us he must reign. He must reign until the last enemy is destroyed and he'll put everything under his feet. And when all the kingdoms of the earth are subdued, he'll turn around and give them unto his father and say, Here, Father, I mean this world and everything that's in it, whenever kingdoms subdued, who's going to subdue them? Christ is going to subdue them. And then he's going to turn around and say, Here, Father, Here's the kingdoms of the world. I whipped them all for you and for your glory. Huh? And God gave our mediator, gave our Lord Jesus Christ our mediator, this, the history of the world and his purposes for his people. Look in chapter 5 here, Revelation 5, and look in with me in verse 1. Let me show you some things here real quick. God gave to our Lord Jesus Christ our mediator. The whole history of the world. And God's purpose for his people in Christ. John now, here's what he saw. He said, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on a throne. A book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. Who's worthy to open the book? To loose the seals thereof. Well, look down verse 7. And the Lord Jesus Christ came. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him and set upon the throne. In other words, God said, Here's the book. <laughs> here's, the, here's the book. Who's the only one over that opened that book and loose them seven seals? The Lord Jesus Christ. Uh huh? He went, right out, he went right to the throne of God and took that book. Took that book. We wait till you see what that book is. 
And I tell you, it was given to Christ here. It says that in Revelations 1 there. It said it was God, which God gave unto him. It was given to the Lord Jesus Christ by his Father to reveal it to us. To make it known, it says, make it known to his servants. To show unto his servants. It was given for him to reveal it unto us. When our Lord had his high priestly prayer in John 17, he said, Father, these believed that I came out from you. And they believed the word that I gave unto them. And I pray for them which shall believe on the word that I gave unto them. And so that's what he gave it. He said he gave this revelation unto Christ to show it to us. To show it unto his servants. Show it unto his servants. And then it says this. And it's got something that's going to come to pass real, real quick. Things that should happen and going to happen pretty quick. And oh my. Now listen to this. And he said, you know, and, it, and, and, and he sent and signified it. He sent and signified it by his angel. Sent and signified it by his angel. And it concerns things which shall soon come to pass. And then he says, and he sent and signified it there in verse 1 again. By his angel to his servant John. The Lord Jesus Christ... It's, 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 it's not John's revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you know when you... Uh, somebody done quoted it tonight. In Isaiah 9.6. It says there, The government's upon his shoulders. And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Five glorious titles. Huh? John, he said, gave unto his servant, John. That's one of the most blessed titles. Paul, how many times did he say, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Jude, the brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph and Mary's son. A direct brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what he called himself? Instead of, I'm, I'm a brother of the Lord. He said, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ. And ain't that a wonderful thing to call yourself? Just a servant. Just a servant. Just somebody that's going to stand before him and do what he says to do and do it when he says it. Just wait on him. Wait for his bidding. Wait for his telling us. And then it says he sent his angel and signified it by his gospel. By his gospel. And there his servant John, look what it says in verse 2. Who bear record, who bear record of the Word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of the things that he saw. You know, John said this, John said that I don't know how many times. You can go to, you go to John's Gospel and you know what it opens up with? It said, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things that was made was made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. In Him was life. Now just, you know, John is right to you. 
John's right before Revelation, 1 John. Now look what he said here in 1 John chapter 1. Right there, it's just right in front of Revelation. He's called the one who bare record of the Word of God. He bore record of the Word of God and the testimony. He told us about Christ and the testimony of Christ and the things that he saw. This is what he said in his first little epistle. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which you've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, and even our hands have handled of the word of life. He touched the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of life. And he said this life was manifested. It came into this world. And we've seen it. We've seen it. And we bear witness to it. What? That testimony of Christ he talked about. And show unto you that eternal life. Where was that eternal life at? Before it got here. It was with the Father. And it was manifested unto us. That which we have seen. And that which we have heard, we're going to declare it. And we're not going to share it with you. We're not going to sit down and discuss it. We're not going to sit down and argue about it. That which we have seen and heard, declare unto you. That you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. That's exactly the same thing He says right here. Back there in verse 2 of Revelation 1. John, who bear record of the Word of God, bear record of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and only told of the things that he saw. Only told of the things that he saw. And listen, that's enough. Just tell what you've seen and heard. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. I remember the first time I ever preached in a Sovereign Grace Church. Never had, you know, I never had preached in a Sovereign Grace Church. I knew some preachers, but I, I didn't know them very well. I just knew them. And it was up to Scott Richardson. And i tell you what, I, you couldn't have given me a hundred dollars and I, could have, I, would, I couldn't have spent. I mean, I was, I was nervous as a cat. Stayed up to two o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep. Oh, I was stressed out. You know, nobody wants to fall flat on their face, and especially not there. But anyway, I got there, and, uh, you know, the Lord had gave me a message, and I was, I, I was hoping that He'd be pleased to bless it. But Brother Henry came up to me, and he said this, he said, Just tell what you, just tell what you know. Just tell what God's done for you. That's all you need to say. Don't say no more. Don't, don't say no more than what you've seen and what you've heard. For yourself. Not what somebody else seen, what somebody else heard. But what, that's what it said here. John, bear record of the Word of God. And of the testimony. Of, he just told what he himself saw and heard. And that's all we need to do. Is just tell what God, what we've seen and what we've heard. They asked the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, did you teach this and that? And you know what he said? Ask them that heard me. You want to find out what a preacher believes? Ask them that listen to him. And all listen. And so he said, the servant John was saw. And then look what here. Look at the verse, verse 3. 
This is this is this is serious right here. Talking about the word of God and believing the word of God that this is really truly God's word. He said, "Blessed, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, of this preaching, of this story." And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Oh my! He that reads. Do you know that very, very few people could read in our Lord's day? Very, very few people could read in our Lord's day. There's lots of people. I've come down here and I, I met several people that couldn't read. You know, if they made it to the 8th grade in a little old country schoolhouse somewhere, they was very fortunate to get that far. And they couldn't read, so who in the world, how are they going to hear anything? Somebody else had to read to them. And that's why I said, he that readeth. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Look, go back over here to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Go back to Hebrews, and then the 1 Thessalonians. Look what it said, he that readeth. He that readeth and heareth. Somebody said there was places where people were appointed to read to the people who assembled to worship. And here in 1 Thessalonians 5, in verse 27, it says this. I charge you by the Lord Jesus Christ that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Somebody had this letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians said, I charge you to read it. Read it to all the brethren. Somebody stood up and read it. Stood and read it. And when they got up in the, in, in the old days, they didn't have Bibles. Only one feller that got up to read, he's the only one that had the letter. And he read it to everybody else. And look over here then in, in Colossians chapter 4. There's another one of them instances. You know, somebody read to them. I know we used to have the Bible on cassette tape. Then you could get it on CD and you could go down the road and listen to somebody read the Bible to you. And then now they got Bluetooth. And if you got a Bible on your phone, you can just put Bluetooth on there and click on your verse and start reading. You know, and they'll read over your radio. That's amazing to me. <laughs> Somebody read it to you. Of course, they're reading you in a voice. And they're not reading it to you a southern voice. I tell you that. They're not. <laughs> they got a very proper accent. You know, <laughs> if I read it, then people would be said, back it up. What did you just say? <laughs> very hard to understand. But look here in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 16. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So you read this, and then you take the one from Laodicea and read it too. And then let me show you one last thing in Acts chapter 15. Look at Acts chapter 15. One, one last thing, and then I'm going to wind, wind this up. But that's... That's what he means, he that readeth. Now you and I are able to read, and I'm very thankful for that. Very thankful that that's why God gave us all the Bible. Because as men learn to read, 
God put a Bible in the common people's hands. But here in verse 30, look what he says. And when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle. Which when they had read, somebody read it to them, they rejoiced for the consolation, for the comfort that they got from it. So so there was readers. He said, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear. Oh my. It's just as important to hear. And that's why we pray, Lord, and, and, and I know you pray this way, Lord, give me ears. Oh, please, please give me ears. Oh, to hear your word. And I've said this I don't know how many times. Whenever you open a Bible, if you're going to read the Bible, then you open it up. Don't never start reading wherever you are unless you stop and say, Lord, this is your word. This is your word. I'm ignorant. I'm slow. And I can't understand a thing in it if you don't bless me. So you bless it to me. And if you only read this, better to read three verses than read three chapters if you read it with some understanding from the Holy Spirit. God blesses you to understand three verses while you're reading it. Like you read tonight out of Deuteronomy. God blessed you to understand some things out of that. We were blessed to hear you say those things out of that. And if God God gives us just three or four verses and blesses it to our heart, we can say God met with us. But don't never open a Bible without saying, Lord, this is your word. This is your word. And we're not opening a magazine. We're not opening a magazine. We're not reading the newspaper. We're reading God's Word. And He's the only one that can give us an understanding of it. He's the only one that can make us make it alive to us and real to us. And so they that hear and keep, not only hear it, but keep it. And that word keep means to guard it. Oh Lord, let me guard your precious things. And then He says the time is at hand. And that word blessed there is the first, is the first of seven Beatitudes. You know we the Beatitudes in Matthew, you know, the blessed are they and blessed are they and blessed are they. Well there's seven Beatitudes, seven blessings in Revelation, and that's the first one. Blessed he that readeth and that heareth and keepeth these testimonies. Our Lord, we bow our hearts. Oh, we bow our hearts. I bow my heart. Oh, I hope it's down. I hope it's, oh God, I want it to be down. Down before you. Lord, I, your word is just. Lord, without you, it just, it's just words on paper. But oh God, if you're pleased to bless it. You're pleased to take it and teach it and instruct your people with it. Instruct me. Lord, we want to be instructed. We want to sit here as students, servants, learners, learners. We want to sit here and learn. We want to learn from you. We want to learn from the Holy Spirit. We want to learn of the things of God, the things of Christ, the things of this blessed, blessed book.
Lord, we want to learn. Oh, Lord. God bless it. Lord, help us. Direct us. And Lord, give us ears. Oh, Lord. You always say here in this word, He that hath ears, let him hear. And Lord, give us ears that we can hear. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. He's the Savior of my soul. Jesus, my Jesus. He's the Savior of my soul. He's the Savior of my soul. Jesus, 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 Jesus. He's the Savior of my soul. He's the Savior of my soul.